Hello. Welcome to all of you listening to this podcast. It's going to be a brand new series from the Recency Bias podcast family. Uh, this one's going to be focused on rewatching the USA television show Burn Notice. Burn Notice is a series that ran from, I believe, 2007 to 2013. And I've seen this done with a couple other shows that people have been watching, particularly uh, interesting ones I've seen. Uh, people do podcasts of, very old shows, uh, Dragnet and uh, Columbo, for example. And since I was interested in watching the show, I, I watched it during the early part of the pandemic, actually before the pandemic even started, as a matter of fact, and uh, really want to go back and watch it again. And give some thoughts on, on the show. So, of course, I'm a little bit biased. I mean, this is the Recency Bias Police podcast. Because this is not my first time watching these episodes. So perhaps, you know, if things go well, we'll get somebody to watch an episode that has not seen one before. Chime in. And really, it's meant to just explore the themes of the show. Because obviously... Recency bias is our focus on the website and podcasts and everything. And just because the show is new doesn't mean it's good. Uh, one thing I've liked recently is that television and Netflix are coming up with original content, whereas I'm seeing, you know, the last Rambo movie and a, a Mighty Duck series reboot. Like, come on, guys. Like, let's get it. Let's get it together. Let's get some new content. So if we're going to do the old content, let's revisit the original classics. Now, Birdnose was not a show that I watched regularly when it first came out for a number of reasons, even though I think that was kind of the end of the period where the USA Network was producing some of the best content. Uh, and then around the same time, FX came out with Sons of Anarchy, and they started being the more dominant force of the of the cable channels for, for new television before this whole internet era. So in the spirit of Burn Notice... Uh, these episodes are going to be 10, 15 minutes at most, uh, and in each episode, I'll talk a little bit about a little bit about what happened. Uh, I won't go into too much detail. Obviously, you can watch the episode yourself. You can, you know, read about it on Wikipedia or the Burnpedia. I think there's a couple of other places. But the main things that I want to highlight in terms of talking about the quality of the show, and I don't want to get too bogged down in the rubrics, is just was there a proper scope with the bad guys? Because one thing that kills a lot of episodes of a lot of different television shows is if they're not believable for whatever reason or if there's a, a huge flaw. The second thing is, was there some good spy stuff during the episode? Now, you can actually look online and find a lot of the specific spy tips from each episode, which I think are, are excellent. Uh, one of the reasons that I like this show and then a recent show that I just watched, which was called Lie to Me is that you really learned a lot during the episode. Now, of course, some of it's dramatized, right? But at the end of the day, I mean, some of these tactics are used by actual government agencies or experts in the field, psychologists, etc. And it's quite interesting. So just like the James Bond movies, if you watch the originals, they did a lot of great spy stuff, right? When Sean Connery was, you know, shaving, creaming the mirror because he knew it was a two-way mirror or, you know, hide or he would purposely like hide a bottle of liquor in the drawer because he knew that the one that was on top of the nightstand might be poisoned by you know whoever was working at that hotel things like that these types of things we'll, we'll try to dive into that so the second one is was there some good spy stuff 
And then the third thing that I want to make sure is just, is it a believable ending? And in this one, I'm going to go a little bit out of order right now. I'm just going to go with episode three because I think it really illustrates these points well. And then we'll jump back to one, two, and then subsequently move forward. And then last but not least, give this episode an overall score of zero through ten. Was it a good episode? Was it a bad episode? You know, did I like it? Was it painful to watch? Did I tune it out? So without any more firm rules, let's get into this podcast. So this is Deputy Chief Denison, who's always on your case, here for the Recency Bias podcast. So this is Burn Notice. So we'll start with Season 1, Episode 3. Now in Episode 3, this is one called Fight or Flight, and... Basically, it starts out where Michael's landlord, Oleg, who we met in the first episode, he asked, Oleg asked Michael for help because his top waitress hasn't showed up for work. Turns out that she was a witness, I'm not sure if it was her or her daughter, but one of them was a witness to a crime committed by a drug cartel, and the cartel is trying to intimidate them so they're afraid to leave their house. So they've been trying to say, hey, don't testify, but things obviously reach a point of no return. And so Michael has to figure out a way to do one of his tactics that you'll see time and time again in the show, and we'll also talk about in episode two, is having to get a group to turn on themselves. So let's start, we'll just jump right into the rubric here for this episode, because I think it really summarizes the episode. So first of all, is this a proper bad guy scope? Now, it's Miami, it's a drug cartel. Uh, Colombian, I think, and the fact is that they're fairly secretive. I mean, Michael kind of walks up and meets their leader quite easily, but he's surrounded by guys with uh, automatic weapons, and so it's fairly believable that this could happen. Um, in terms of would a cartel intimidate someone into not testifying? Yeah. Do I think, am I a little bit surprised that they wouldn't have just taken her out if they cared this much already? I guess. But then you're setting yourself up for the next, okay, well then what are they going to do, kill every witness? I mean, that's not going to work well. So I don't know. I feel like it's kind of questionable as to whether this is actually how it would go down, but for the most part, it was all right. The second thing was, was there some good spy stuff during the episode? Now, in this particular episode, the main thing that, we're introduced to is just messing with some some different spy technology as a pregnancy surveillance, which is a theme throughout the show. And I think that from that perspective, it's very good. He even talks about the history of how you used to have to use a razor blade and VHS tapes, but now you can do it digitally. So I think that that was, that was good. And then also talking about how he was keeping the, the, the woman and her daughter in his mom's garage is a safe house because there's no windows. You're controlling access points. I think that that was pretty good, pretty good writing and, and actually fairly accurate. Now, in terms of the safe house, right, they didn't – Michael didn't know anyone else when he got back to Miami because he's been gone so long, which is the thing throughout the show. So he doesn't really know that many people. And since this is a drug cartel who has no intel on him, it's not that far-fetched that he would have brought this woman and her daughter to his mom's house. Uh, because it's not like these bad guys would be able to research him through a government database and find him, probably. So that's fairly believable. Um, And then in terms of using the tools that he found in the shop 
against two guys. Like, I think that was pretty good and, and good, uh, accurate. The other thing that happens in this episode, if I recall correctly, was that he was meeting a former spy who he saved the guy's life, and the guy, he just asked him for a piece of paper of his bird notice. So this was a good parallel plot, as you'll learn throughout this show, which it does a really good job of having an active case or two going on during an episode with the overarching plot that Michael's trying to clear his name with the help of his very few associates, which really at the beginning are Fiona, uh, his ex-girlfriend, former IRA operative, and Sam X, who was a former Navy SEAL. So pretty good, pretty good job there. Um, have to say, I liked, I liked that. So he talks to this Egyptian spy, says never meet him again, etc. He had a nice family subplot of Michael's father's car and everything. Overall, I thought this was a was was a pretty good episode. Now, the last part is what is kind of a sticking point with this episode, which is the believable ending. So Michael uses, and this is another tactic he uses quite well with the good spy stuff. He does a great job of utilizing police and federal agents to advance his agenda because there's certain rules for police officers like. They need to report a crime if they're aware of one. And the fact that the FBI guys that are tailing him, um, you know, they're just trying to make a name for themselves and move up the chain. So when he presents a bunch of incriminating evidence on a drug cartel to the cartel, to the cartel's lawyer and to the the FBI agents, they all have, you know, do their own thing with it. So in terms of believable ending – Yes, I think that the lawyer for the drug cartel would call into the bosses in Colombia. That seems real. I do think that the FBI uh, agents who would receive the tape would action it in the way that they did and, or would have. And then the only thing that maybe doesn't fit properly is would the woman and her daughter totally be safe now? Now, if they witness the murder of a guy of a cartel who is now dead – um, probably no need for him to testify in the stand. I'm not sure how it worked in Florida with those type of laws. Like, if you're dead and you kill someone, we wouldn't waste government dollars on a trial, I wouldn't think. Uh, but, I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, any other weird things that happened during this episode? I would say not really. It was fairly straightforward. You're just building out the dynamic between Michael, Sam, and Fiona, which is good. Uh, I don't think there was an unreasonable expectation in terms of the information that uh, Fiona or Sam acquired in this episode. And then also the the fact that Michael just like busted into a conference, into a security office. Like I think that was fairly believable and talking through how he did it made it better. Right. If he just walked in and he's like, what is he doing? But that was, that was decent. Uh, and then, I guess the last thing would be, could Fiona scare a hit squad away with just some Molotov cocktails, basically? She took a little, some liquor cabinet, laid it on fire, threw it out. Now, the bad guys obviously didn't expect her at the house. They expected the other two women. Would a hit squad with automatic weapons probably be intimidated by that? I'm guessing no, though they did get caught by surprise, so it's possible that that fanfare would work, but that might have been the biggest stretch of the episode because then when they went back and chased Fiona down at the house I think that was very accurate like they were not going to stop the second time and they weren't likely she escaped so overall I would say I didn't like this episode that much but it wasn't necessarily bad uh, there was no complete red flag so I'm going to give this episode probably a 7 out of 10 
and we'll see how the scoring goes, but um, I'm not grading on a curve with this show or TV in general. I'm just saying, like, how enjoyable was it for me to watch? I would say it was about a seven. There was a couple times that I paused it because I had something else to do, but it wasn't awful. I still wanted to come back and, and, re- and, and see the ending. So that was it. Burn Notice Season 1, Episode 3, Fight or Flight. On the Recency Bias podcast, we're doing a Burn Notice review. Thanks and have a great day.